Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This year, Leaving Certificate students have new choices via the CAO. Whether you're going straight into the world of work or exploring routes to third level, further education and training and apprenticeships offer you flexible, hands-on learning opportunities. The future is full of possibilities. Whatever your ambition, further education and training and apprenticeships can help take you there. Your future is what you make it. Learn more at cao.ie forward slash options. This is an initiative of the Government of Ireland. Welcome to episode number 99 of the bloodandmud.com podcast. You're something, something about rugby. I can't remember what our strap line was anymore. Does it matter? I've not used it for so long. It doesn't really matter, does it? It doesn't matter. So it's episode 99, 99 episodes and the Mish ain't one or something. I am Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com and the gentleman over there is... Uh, Josh Gardner of RugbyShirtWatch.com Sorry we're a bit late this week, but Josh and I had some hectic weekends last weekend, didn't we? Uh, Yes, we did. We didn't see a lot of things. Uh, We had no time to catch up, quite frankly, so we couldn't have done justice to a review of the weekend, so we sacked it off. Yeah. So I thought we'd do this instead. So this is the review, uh, preview episode. Thanks for your patience for that. Especially Dylan, Dylan Williams, who got in touch on Twitter and said, when's this bloody podcast landing, guys? I'm in danger of having to speak to my wife. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, exactly. Now, to be honest, well, I knew that we'd upset a few people. But that, that was probably a step too far, so I do apologise yeah. for that. Well. Yeah, but here we are. You can get in touch with us to throw abuse or tell us about your marriage to... Me, I'm at Blood and Mud on Twitter. I'm also Lee at Blood and dot com, and there's a website and all that stuff. And you, Josh? Uh, Josh Gardner at RugbyShirtWatch, uh, com. Uh, don't come to me with your marital problems. No. Can you no. imagine if you're having marital problems and you got and you got one of Josh's monologues back at you? Yeah. You might th- actually. You might think things aren't quite so bad. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I am. I'm basically giving you a grass is greener every week. <laughs> <laughs> we don't contest. We're on Acast. You probably know that by now. We're also on iTunes and so on and so forth, and anywhere where pods are sold, lent out, or anywhere really. Yeah. We um, begin 
as we always begin with a player spotted. Dan Ireland got in touch. On t- Is he from Ireland? I don't know, actually. Dan, are you from Ireland? I don't think so. I think it's just... Be a bit too nominative, nominatively determined. Yeah, or he could be. I, I don't know. Dan, are you from Ireland? You, you can let us know. Um, anyway, he slid into my Twitter direct messages, did Dan. All aboard. And he said, he said, thinking about your Jason Isbell tweet today, because I did a Jason Isbell tweet the other day. Barely a week goes by. Barely a week goes by without... Honestly, I love him so much. But anyway, this upset me, because he said, thinking about your Jason Isbell tweet today... It made me remember this. I went to see Jason Isbell in Bristol the year before last. He was absolutely brilliant, as you can imagine. Yes, of course, I can imagine that, Dan. He said, anyway, we were stood waiting for him to come on. I stepped backwards and bumped into someone trying to make their way through the crowd. I apologised and moved to let him through to realise it was none other than Stuart Barnes. He said, I apologised. Me and my mate looked at each other and shook our heads in the sad realisation that we share the same taste in music as the munchkin, (laughs) as we call him. Anyway, I thought you'd like to know that. Well, let me tell you this, Dan. I did not want or like to know that. But now I do know that. I can't not know that. Yeah, how does it feel? It's Yeah. He's probably a massive Springsteen fan as well. I bet he is, isn't he? You can, yeah, you can guarantee that he is. With, a, with all disrespect to your spring, with all respect to your spring, spring <laughs> fandoms, Stuart Barnes is smack bang in the middle of it. Oh, he's enormously, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's why I'm kind of repelled by him so much. I see too much of myself. <laughs> it's probably some deep psychological self-hate or something. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? It's interesting, though, you know, rugby players at uh, incongruous musical scenarios. Yeah, that's so, true. I mean, obviously, yeah. a player spotted can be anything. And actually, Dan said it. I was going to send it in as a player spotted, but it's not mundane enough. But it doesn't matter. I think it's still... It was the mundanity of just, you know, you're just going about your daily life. He was just going about his yeah, daily life. you just life. bumped into each other. That is quite mundane. I wonder if I, I'm at the New Bingley Hall in uh, in West Bromwich on Saturday for the uh, the guitar show. So I wonder if I'll bump into any... Did you go and see Man on a Mission, by the way? No, I didn't. No. I mean... That's the Mad Wolf-Headed uh, Sunwolves Band, for those of you who don't yes, know. Yes, Mad Wolf-Headed Sunwolves Band were playing in London recently. And while I said we should go and see them my commitment to the irony of that joke was not sufficient <laughs> enough to get me to go all the way. I'm not getting on a fucking so. train just for an ironic reason, all right? Yeah, yeah so... Yeah. yeah, my commitment to irony goes literally <laughs> half an hour on a train. Time. About 20 minutes so, of this podcast, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so there you go. So please send your player spotted in to at Blood and Mud or leeatbloodandmud.com or you can slide into the DMs as Dan has. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, please let us know and we will do it. We will use them or not use them depending on how we yeah. feel because that's just yeah. the kind of bastards we are really I got um, sent one last week we still haven't used it because I forgot to send it to you, well, but, did, you, you know. did you get sent one how did they get your I contact did. details that's not how it works normally well no it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a friend of the pod Adam Reese sent me oh a I see and uh, yeah I totally forgot well so, okay we well you can forward it on and I will I will cast my eye over it I will shall we start with tonight we've got coming up we've had that we've got some news coming up we've got another song oh tell you what oh <laughs> Uh, we've See, got more Malander action. We might be coming late. Yeah, exactly. It was worth the wait, the wasn't it? fucking big guns. Yeah, oh, yeah, we've got some more Malander action, and we've got a preview of the weekend's games. Yes. So let's talk about know. some news. First of all, yes. thank you. Or I'm not sure if I do want to thank Deep 19 on Twitter, who sent me Clive Woodward's Daily Mail oh, column today, yes. which said why Gregor Townsend is, like, is Scotland's Glenn Hoddle. Now, I don't know why you'd want him to be, anyway. No, but no. I'm not going to go into it, because 
what I'd end up doing is merging the the 90s football podcast into this podcast (laughs) by pointing out how magnificently wrong Clive Woodward was. But it was a perfect example of, he basically just said they're both young coaches. That's where he started at. And then when he got to the end of that sentence and thought, there's nothing else, I'm going to keep going anyway. However, I have already pitched that to whoever my (laughs) editor is there. So I guess I've just got to plow on. It was just absolute and total bollocks. And he's a classic example of Sir Clive overreaching and trying to be cleverer than he actually is. Yeah, like when he tried to get into football. Exactly. That's probably another reason why he did it, because he thinks he yeah. knows football and yeah. quite clearly. Yeah. He's just... He's 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 a preposterous buffoon these days in many ways. And, he and very much is. He dressed like Rupert the well. Bear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a Rupert the Bear-looking preposterous buffoon. Yeah. So there you go. That's the, the thing, news about Sir Clive Woodward this week. The thing, the thing that I don't understand, the one, the one thing that sort of I was shocked at by that was Colin more than the terribleness of uh, of, of the, the analysis, words, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, was that Gregor Townsend has all four of his initials on his Scottish training kit, which seems excessive. Are there a lot of GTs in the Scottish training set? <laughs> no, I wouldn't have thought so. I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. He's Gregor, he's Gregor Peter John Townsend, and he has on his hat and his jacket and all of that shit, GPJT, which <laughs> seems remarkably over the top. That's really odd, isn't it? It's bizarre. I find it very strange. Maybe that's a little secret window into what a real bastard he is, actually, because he comes across as quite nice. Yeah. But then says, I want all four of my initials on that. And yeah. basically, you're well, fucking you sacked. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're sacked if that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, basically, the crux of that Clive column was they were both quite good players. They're both young. They were quite mavericky in their play. Yeah. And they're quite yeah. young. Yeah. There was a great line where he was like, how many other 44-year-old international coaches can have the pedigree of Gregor Townsend? He's like, what? You won one Pro 14? Yeah. I'll tell you which... Into, which which coach has that pedigree at the age of 44 and younger, in fact. It's Steve Bloody Tandy. So let's not, <laughs> let's not get too carried away that Gregor Townsend won the... Now, you see, he never said that, once. did he? Gregor Townsend is Scotland's Steve Tandy. He's never said that. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not, but it was, just, it was such a fatuous... Yeah, that's the point, isn't it? You might as well have said that because yeah. it's the same fucking thing. Yeah. yeah. He's won exactly the same number of league titles and bits of silverware as a guy who will probably never work in top-level coaching What's again. Steve Tandy going to do now? Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Willis look-alike work? Maybe. Put a vest just on? Sort of, just standing around Swansea looking haggard, making everybody else feel better about themselves. <laughs> um, no, I, I, if he's got any sense, he'll go and do the classic failed Welsh coaching circuit of coaching Tier 2 nations inexplicably. Like right. Phil Davis coaching Namibia, Kingsley oh yeah! Jones somehow coaching Canada, who are quite a big team, they can do better than Kingsley Jones. Didn't Lynn Howells end up in Romania? <laughs> Lynn Howells is in Romania. Yeah, for some reason, every, people Kingsley in, Jones like, has completely ruined Canada. They've never not yeah, qualified for anything. Terrible! And now absolutely so they think awful. it's a fucking coincidence. <laughs> They've got good players. They've got players that play at like top level. Oh, it's absurd. I mean, what's gone wrong? Well, I mean, the coach is literally never off Skype. You know, I don't know what he does. We can't get him off it. And he's, I mean, he has brought some wonderful photocopies, but... You know, we'll give him that, but, you know, you yeah, can't lay I mean, down but... a game plan when you're on Skype 16 hours a day. Yeah, and also, I mean, and he's had to get those copiers in from Newport. Like, apparently <laughs> and I don't mean Rhode Island. Island, I mean, you know... No, the... No, the Welsh, the Welsh one, apparently our copiers are very uh, nowhere near up to standard by his level. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, there's some sort of weird like fascination slash romanticism with tier two and three nations where they think that Welsh people still make good coaches. So Steve Tandy looks of... a little bit like an Eastern European gangster enforcer. So maybe I can fully see Steve Tandy being in charge of one of Russia or like Uruguay or something in like two or three seasons' time. Um, or Germany. Spain. While we're on Germany, how lovely are those kits, by the way? Oh, stonking. How do you get hold of one of them? I'm not trying to um, plug anything here, but I mean, can they get them through your website? Because um, no, I wish they. Could. I don't know. I'd love to know where to get them because they are absolutely banging jerseys. And the funny thing is, particularly from my point of view, is that Macron, who make them, um, have clearly spent more time thinking about making Germany's kit than they than have any other kit. Ma- well, than they did <laughs> making the Scarlet's kit, for example. So, for me, that's amusing. Scarlet have got something that looks like that just literally came off a peg and was had a Scarlet's badge sewn on it, and they've created this beautiful, bespoke fucking pinstripe. It's gorgeous, isn't it? It's like a 70s Germany football shirt, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's really nice. Which is... the And that an brilliant eagle kidding. badge on it. It's just oh, glorious. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I imagine you can get it from the Macron store or from the German Rugby Union store, but I'm not getting either of those, so... Yeah. Okay, well, yes. any more news? Um, None of that was actually well, news, but let's just... No, it's just us talking, wasn't it, really? It was, um, yeah. Well, speaking of Welsh coaches, actually, there's uh, some rumour abounding mm-hmm. that um, a certain former sale, former Northampton clinically depressed man might might be taking up residence at the Arms Park very soon if they Jim stay Jim Mallander goes to Cardiff. Apparently it is nailed on and George North follows shortly after, which I think George North would be desperate to not work under Jim Mallinder, given how fucking terrible he's had it. For... I did wonder, is there some kind of like Stockholm syndrome with him now? Maybe. I, he just doesn't know how to quit him. <laughs> like, George, this man has effectively ruined your career. Get away from him. Or, again, to come at the original point, maybe Dorian West did it, because everyone seems to think it's probably his fault. Because nothing's got any better, has it? No, it is, that is one thing you can say in, in Jim Allen's credit, is that yeah. things have not improved. He's, we stood in his state. I, I did tell you, didn't I? He'll be saying. <laughs> I did try to tell you, didn't I? Um, yeah, so um, yes, Jim I mean, Allen goes to Cardiff. Yeah, they barely managed to beat fucking London Irish at home on the weekend. So things have gone royally even more tits up there. Let me interrupt this for a minute. Yes. Uh, were you going to make another point about Cardiff and Mallander there? I was, yes. Go on then, finish but, um, that point. Well, uh, more just like, it seems of a, uh, in Welsh rugby, apparently failed English coaches are on vogue because the Ospreys apparently first choice for uh, their new coaching vacancy is Stuart Lancaster. Mm. But apparently it's not going to happen because... That would be a bad not, shout, though. It would be a good... I think it'd be a great that shout. That would be a very good shout, actually. He's However, doing good work at Leinster. He had, you know. Yes. However, the reason that apparently it's not going to happen is because... And I find this fucking remarkable. At the moment, Stuart Lancaster commutes to Leinster what, from, from Leeds. I was going to say from his small cottage in... The Lake District or something. Yes, from Leeds, he, commutes yeah. from, he commutes from Leeds to Dublin every day via plane. And I bet he, he stands up and gives people his seat, doesn't he? Oh, absolutely. Of course but, you know, that's the kind yeah. of thing he does. Yeah, but fuck me, what a commute that is. But apparently there is there are no direct flights between Leeds and Cardiff Airport, So, and he's refusing to move his family 
because they're settled up there. So he, it's not going to happen. Which seems very bizarre. He, he says he refuses to refuse to be with somebody because they're settled up there. He don't want them with him. I like being. Well, a, he likes to be on his own Monday <laughs> to Friday. That's what that's about. Very possibly, but yeah, that is a, what bizarre reasons why coaching hires haven't happened is that there's no direct flight between Leeds and. So Carly what's he holding out for then? Not the job at Leeds, obviously. Sale I've maybe, got, but Diamond's I've got on no it. idea. Diamond Someone owns the club. He's never losing that job. No, exactly. He's not going to sack himself, is he? <laughs> no. Or if yeah, he did, no. he just reinstates himself when he calmed down. <laughs> I don't know. I remember apparently, he's, you know, maybe he's just perfectly happy getting on a plane to Dublin every day. But anyway, we need to move on. We do. We really while do. we're talking I about found that mad. Just while we're talking about Cardiff Blues, do you remember mm. I said a few weeks ago, listeners, and you, Josh. Mm. that I might think about putting a song together called I Guess That's Why They're Not Called The Blues. Fucking hell. Well, I've done it. Now, before I start this, I do want to reassure you, this is a five-minute song in the original version. I have not <laughs> done the full five minutes. I've done a verse and a chorus, okay? So, ladies and gentlemen, mercifully, mercifully I give done. you the latest song offering. David Moffat, he came, said the regions will last forever. And with Cardiff and Ponty, if we give it time, then things will surely get better. Then he went away, and the crap, it's still flying around. Something about names and unrepresented fans and toxic brands and some other shit like that. Big chorus, everybody. Join in. Here we go. And I guess that's why they're not just called the Blues because Cardiff's a brand and loads of other teams are called that too. Arguing on Twitter, valleys in the shitter, 12 miles of dual carriageway, too far to travel for rugby. So I guess that's why they're not just called the blues. And there you go. I can genuinely see this becoming a, a terrorist classic <laughs> on I, exactly. the Arms Park. I mean, I'm forwarding it to you... all them people on Twitter. This <laughs> could be their thing. Just send it straight to Rugby Phil BB, and uh, that guy will have it circulated in <laughs> minutes flat. Anyway, there you go. Thank you all for indulging me with that, and yourselves. <laughs> um, Again, I've got, I've got to take my hat off to you for not backing out of those big notes. Well, you know, you, you, hey, I don't take songs that I can't do. That would be, you know, that that would be. <laughs> Years of karaoke training. You don't go. You don't sing no. Queen songs. You know what I mean? It's a bad idea. No. You know, you you've got to you've got to pace yourself. You have. Born to Run, for example. No, forget about karaoke. it. Bon Jovi, forget about it. Too high. Yeah, tried did Born to One karaoke <laughs> once. Had no, you know, deceptive. The whole, yeah. The, the, when you get the bridge, holy shit. No. Some might say by Oasis. Oasis. Really? Whoa, chorus is a tricky one. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm sure people just want to hear us talk about like our karaoke, karaoke songs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have we got any more news? That's actually um, news. 
Oh, there is a. Oh, what, just before we came on air, I saw the um, amusing Johan Goosen saga. Remember last year? When he where retired he, to become a, an architect or he, something. Yeah, he wanted to go to Montpellier, and Racing 92 said no. He, and he, then he wanted to, um, and because he had like three years left on his contract or something. And so he retired and claimed that he was going to go back to South Africa and work for his family business or something. And shock of all shocks, 12 months down the line, he is unretired and <laughs> assigned. Um, so what was your family of business then, Johan? Yeah. <laughs> Plotting same. my return to France. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did he even move? Did he even move? But he didn't even he move, did he? Move. Yeah. <laughs> He's just been riding so, around on a bicycle for a year. Yeah, so finally the silliness has ended and Montpellier, it was basically Montpellier didn't want to pay Rassing to buy out the remaining well, of couple of years on his contract. So now they have, and now he's joining, he's instantly joining Montpellier because that was one of the stupidest attempts at sort of shitty sneakiness I've ever seen. But rugby. he's got away with it, hasn't he? Well, Kinda. yeah. Well, they still have to pay for it. Basically, if they'd have just paid him last, paid last year, he would have been playing for Montpellier yeah, for like a year now. So instead, he's just had a year off for no appreciable reason. Oh, well. More power to him. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, lots of talk on Twitter this week after Cammy Black circulated the Owen Farrell fan fiction. Oh, holy I'm not going to talk man. about it too much here because everyone else has done it to death by now and we're well yes. late to it. So uh, just to say it's out there, it's bizarre. You can't really unsee it. But having said that, it's quite clearly written by a load of 17-year-old girls. Yeah. You know, so you can't be too cruel on it, really. I mean, it's, it's mad, but, you know, no. this is what... It's, it's, I imagine this is what the kids do these days. It is undoubtedly mad. It's basically putting online the things that I imagine girls of our generation would write in their diaries slash yes. just keep to them fucking selves. <laughs> um, That's the girl but, equivalent of when you're a lad that then they pick me out of the crowd and I put my boots on and I kick the wooden yeah, pick conversion, yeah, isn't it? so. None of them, they're all just like, they want to go out. Like the, the weirdest one was when she was going out with Owen Farrell and then they discovered she was pregnant because that just, I found that one deeply strange. Was that like a Ken Loach um, one? It was a bit. <laughs> she knows she was delighted by it. It was. It was. It was a lot of. Then she had to go down the food bank with Owen. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he's from, he's from uh, yes. that part. He's from a Ken Loachy part of the world, so you know. It... <laughs> That's actually the strapline of Wigan Council. Wigan, a Ken Loachy <laughs> part, part of the world. <laughs> a Ken Loachy part of the world. Yeah. Brackets. You seen Kes, right? <laughs> I know that was someone else. Um, yeah, but it's just a bit... Like, I know people are t- taking the piss out of it. It is unseeable. I mean, particularly the one where the premise was your brother is a professional rugby player, your brother is James Haskell. A, I loved the meter of that. Yes. Because it was, like, it was like the sort of start of a horror plot, which for you, it definitely... Well, I read be. some of that, and she was calling him broski all the time, and they were having... I mean, to be fair, James. she's nailed the character there. She had, no to be that. fair, I mean, yeah. For, for all <laughs> of its fair. weirdness, she has got him absolutely down to a T. Oh, yeah, it's very strange. I think people are being a bit mean. Yeah, I mean, it like, is kind of funny, too, and I was like, it's, yeah. it's fucking hilarious and weird and yeah. creepy in places. But it, I but, actually did publish it, and I thought, you know what, when I read it, I was thinking, you know what, these are quite clearly, you know, girls yeah. not that different age to my daughter probably doing something a bit daft. So, yeah, yeah. 
But still, oh, that's probably the bit, the most old man thing I've ever said. I mean, yeah, she looked the same age as my daughter. That's ridiculous. So, uh, <laughs> I could daughter. Be... <laughs> Will somebody please think of my daughter? Yeah, the um. Yeah. Right. Should we actually move on to some so games weird. now? No, let's not just talk about these weird girls. <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of just massively pissed on my own. Let's feel sorry for these girls who've been a bit mean by just saying how fucking weirdos though, aren't they? Um. Anyway. Yeah. Shall we talk about nations. the previews for this this weekend, which is why you all tuned in and you've yeah. only had to wait, I don't know, what feels probably like about three hours for us to yeah. start talking about it. Hey, just be glad that we didn't record this on Monday, all right? Because yes. then you would have had at least a 45-minute rant on how angry I was at the Osprey. People have tweeted things. me to say that that's what they actually admit, that's, that's the biggest that they're disappointed about, very well, disappointed really... about, is you not actually um, being on, on on Monday to to give it the full... To open the throttle. Give it the beans, yeah. Well, I mean, I probably could have. But I I feel like the more I get angry about how shit the Ospreys are, it's kind of like a sort of, you know, I'm just wearing my brand down, you know? (laughs) I can't... I can't summon up that level of genuine anger every week, and they're so shit at the moment. It's like, yeah, you know, it'll lose my potency, you know? That's true, yes. Like like strychnine poisoning. Right, Uh, Scotland versus England. <laughs> what does that's, that was one of the most remarkable siegs in the history yes. of broadcast, like strychnine poisoning? Scotland versus England. Yeah. What What does seventies Rangers manager and football legend Jock Wallace think of Scotland's chances? You ask, Joss. Well, I'll tell you. Oh, fancy us very strongly. Get all got a battle fever on. I just any excuse to use that quote. Yeah. Get the battle oh, fever on. The greatest quote ever. <laughs> What I want to know is, will England fans be taking their bags of this and bags of that up to Murrayfield? Other than this I don't think so. Well, you can't no. take bags in, can you? They've got no, a strict well, no-bag exactly. policy. That's right. No. Me and my son, we went last weekend, the other weekend to Edinburgh. Mm. We went, he's a 15-year-old man, lad. We went, we stayed overnight and travelled completely bagless. My God. We managed to take everything we needed in our pockets. That is... That's man travel, man travel elite level. That, isn't it? Yeah, fair play to you. So while I was there, actually, while we're talking, it's in Murrayfield, this game, so I'm not digressing too much. But, you know, obviously, as you as you wandering around the streets of Edinburgh... As I you, have done, yes. You hear, on a, on a game day, right. you hear lots of bagpipes playing, right? Yeah. Understandable. Sh- I love a bagpipe. Sh- I love a bagpipe, to be fair. I do. Yeah. I think if you're Scottish, it must be the best thing you can hear ever, to be honest. I could take or leave a bagpipe, I'll be honest with right. you. So anyway, yeah. but as you get closer to them, and I noticed this, I mean, pretty much every single one of these bagpipers that I walked past was a young boy, probably under the age of about 14, in a kilt with no gloves on, looking absolutely freezing. So I th- I've come to the conclusion, I don't think it's that much of a leap, to say there is quite clearly an oppressive, abusive bagpipe ring is that in what Edinburgh, controlled by criminals that force children to do it. Like chimneys. Like chimney yeah. sweeps. I was going to say, Victorian is that time. what they did with the chimney sweeps after they made that? I think that they did. They just Honestly, like, Fuck it's, it. you'll play bagpipes I'm, instead and you'll like it. I'm not even joking. Loads of young lads playing the bagpipes alone. <laughs> yeah, I imagine like the dad's in the pub on the bad. corner going, you know, you owe me some fucking money, boy. <laughs> type thing. Yeah, so Scottish listeners, I know we've got lots of them. Yeah. Talk to us. We're Can here. you tell us what Shit, the tell, children you know, playing bagpipes alone yeah, in the freezing us. cold is all about? This is a safe space. You can tell <laughs> us about your bagpipe, uh, you know, exploitation problems. It's okay. It's okay. Right. 
So should we actually talk about rugby now? Well, first of all, Ali McFarlane got in touch on Twitter and he said, could you please use your powers of cursing teams to say that England are going to win on Saturday? No oh, problem. Gonna, I think England are going to win. absolutely going to fucking batter you. Sorry. I think I've used this quote before, but in 1984, the party representative guy says to Winston, you know, and Winston says, you know, what's the future going to be like? And he says, imagine the future is a, hum- a boot stamping on a human face for eternity. <laughs> That's what I feel like England are going to do to Scotland's pack. Or just all of Scotland, really, on Saturday. Yeah, it's like, what did England have England missed in their first two games where they have been a mix of lucky and a bit shit? Is Nathan Hughes smashing them over the game line, mm. which is exactly what they've now got back. Yeah, Hughes is back in, yeah. Yeah, and that's basically been the only thing they've missed while being winning two games, never really looking like they were going to w- lose either game. And being unspectacular but very efficient. And now they've got the thing that usually makes their pack t- and their attacking game tick, which is a big lad to smash it over the game line. Having so. said that, they've not been great at the breakdown and they did consider consider concede 10 mm. penalties against Wales. Yeah, but they never concede them. And I, 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 We both laughed at Eddie when he was like, oh, all the good teams concede loads of penalties. And he's like, all right, mate, you're talking out of your arse. However... England don't concede penalties in pickable places. That is well, they certainly know. didn't that week. No, no. Yeah. and well, they don't see. You know, they've they're not conceding penalty. When they concede lots of penalties, they tend to be in places where it's hard to kick from. They don't give you easy shots at goal. And I just yeah, from at the start when we were chatting at the start of the tournament, I was like, oh yeah, maybe Scotland could turn England over at home. Now I genuinely sorry, Scotland fans, I. Do not give him a fucking prayer. Like when I saw him against France, the and we mentioned it at the time. I mentioned it again. Mm. The lateral nature of the attack uh, will be absolute meat and drink to the poor Gustav oh, Rush defence. Love it. Um, and the and so what can you counter that with? Well, to be honest, if any team is going to counter that <laughs> with its moves and its angles, when they play well, Scotland can do that at home. Yeah, but they've not shown any of it. Yet, no. And Finn Russell looks like he's basically just been smashing back e numbers before games, and the regression of him from the autumn is fucking staggering. I'm not quite he's as been shit. he's not been great, but I'm not quite as down on as everybody else. You know, I think. Well, I hope he remembers that basically he is a massive part of what makes everyone so. Look at yeah. Scotland as quite a promising option this time, because and he was a core part of it. And there's no reason why that he has to be stuck where he is. He's had two no, weeks off. No, absolutely not. He did. They but, just, you know, he just needs to play a little bit better. This is this is why I'm, the, I'm not a coach. You see, can you no, not just play but, a bit better? Yeah, no. <laughs> just be a bit uh, shit, Finn. Thanks. <laughs> but like the problem he's got is, is as I think we discussed last week, like when things aren't going his way, rather than get back to basics his way of coping with that and trying to force himself out of that funk is to try and do more and try ever more outrageous things. And I just think if he tries that on the weekend, he's going to get, it's going to be Twickenham last year all over again. Because mm. as you say, the English defence will absolutely love it. And if he's trying to, if he's forcing marginal passes and ridiculous things and trying silly kicks... England's back three and England's midfield defence will just say thank you very much. And 
it's yeah. going to go badly. We want the proper feedback. What he is at the minute, he's like a sort of 3D print of an ill-judged emotional outburst. <laughs> and we need to have less of that and more of what he was like in the autumn, basically. Yeah, and I just, I, I'm still not entirely convinced that sort of bringing his primary caregiver, Greg Laidlaw, back into the equation is is really the... I just don't... Well, I don't just... think that Laidlaw's anything like as slow as he was two years ago. I do think no. he's not Ali Price busy, but he's not. Having said that, Ali Price tried to get busy in the first seven minutes against Wales and it went horrendously wrong. So, you know, <laughs> there has to be a medium somewhere. And I think that if anybody's, anybody's going to deliver it against England at home, I think it probably will be Grieg. So, I mean, certainly from the tee, yes. But I just think it's it's another thing that you're taking away from Finn Russell in the confidence armoury. It's like... Do you when think he sees it, it like that? Do you think when he's selected, he literally goes, oh, they've had to bring him back in because nobody trusts me anymore? Well, I think it's, it's partly that and partly it's the goal-kicking thing. Like, Finn basically grew an extra two inches in terms of his ability when Laidlaw was out and all of a sudden they started giving him the goal-kicking duties and everyone was like, oh, is he going to make them or not? And he all of a sudden started nailing them from everywhere. He hammered 21 on the bounce, didn't he? Yeah. And, you know, that's, a little, that's often a thing with fly-offs that... Even if the rest of their game's not going well, goal kicking is something that they can use to take a bit of confidence from. And you're kind of robbing him of that emotional safety net of even if he's not things aren't coming off for him, if he gets one in front of the posts and fucking bangs it through, then it's kind of, ooh, little boost. Mm. And instead he's got Greg going, Oh yeah, nobody trusts you to do this anymore, mate. So I just I think it, for me, it's just a bad look all over. This is the first I, time. Gre- I think the answer lies it. away from them in a way. I think the answer, I, honestly, I think the answer lies with John Barkley. Yeah. Because up till this point, you remember that episode of The Simpsons when Homer keeps gripping that thing, an electric shock? Yes. And going, ow, yeah. ow, yeah. ow. That's been John Barkley for the first two <laughs> yeah. games. You know, yeah, he's just, just getting penalised, even though he knows it's going to happen. Ow. Oh, yeah, penalty. Oh, penalty. Some, in that first game against Wales, the referee spotted that he was constantly <laughs> putting his hands on the floor. The referee even told him. Told him, stop, stop doing, doing that. Here. Stop yeah. doing that. And Can you so please stop never... doing that? Right, you penalty. When, <laughs> yeah. You remember when Gethin Jenkins, about five or six years ago, just used to yes. get pinged at every scrum he went into, regardless of whether he was <laughs> yes. at fault or not, because he got a reputation Gethin, for it. Gethin, you're turning in there. I left the field yeah. five minutes ago, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And it was bollocks. Because he was more often than not not the problem. But the problem is that once refs spot it, and once a couple of refs spot it, you get a reputation for it. And then as soon as, whenever you're on the field, whatever ref you've got, they're watching for you doing that. And it's, you know, it's, it's the same thing of, you know, the people talking about uh, Maker Vunipola boring in on the Lions tour. Mm. You know, it was like all of those things, once they're out in the fucking firmament of rugby referee psyches you've got to stop doing it and john barkley has got a just stop like do competing for the breakdown like, like even if he just barely competes at the breakdown and lets hamish watson do it and kind of devotes himself to everything else that a number six should be doing like tackling and smashing rucks and shit just for like a month just for the rest of the tournament until people have forgotten about it <laughs> And then do it again. But like for the time being, he is clearly a marked man and he just he can't afford he can't afford to be 
giving penalties away like he did but against Wales and France. You just can't. I think if you look at the front five, as as, as much as the Scotland front five's done decent, actually, better than maybe people thought they would. Yes, it's it, the comparison is is worrying. It's if you look at you know if you look at Launchbury and Itoji yeah. versus Johnny Gray, who's, who's who's been good, and Grant Gilchrist, there's a quality gap there. Yeah, and I mean, front row. What can you? The best, the best news for Scotland, and God, I bet they wish they had another week. Is the WP Nellis on the bench? Mm. And you know, if they can keep the game close and not get their heads shoved up their asses at scrum time for the first sixty minutes, WP Nell comes on. You know, he is a fucking good scrummager. Mm. And I reckon he will have that England scrum on toast if he's fit and firing. He is a bit rusty. That's what I worry about. But yeah, it's it's that England pack has not been dominant scrum wise for a while. But no. I think, and Scott, fair play to Scotland. They've acquitted themselves very oh, well. Oh, they have. Yeah, scrum. yeah, yeah. And I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be patronising anything. I just think there is just that there's just that little bit more quality. Yeah, a little bit more that little bit more physicality and that little bit more dominance, and I think that's what's gonna. I don't mean in the set piece absolutely, but I just mean in the forward. In the, in the, oh, in the. I mean, you look at that back row, and and I think Scotland could get an edge at the breakdown if if it goes well, but I'm not sure that will help with the kind of powdering that they might come under everywhere else. But I don't think they will get an edge at the breakdown because guile and guile and technical ability can only get you so far. When you're flying through the air because you've just been cleared out. Yeah, and England have got... I mean, Courtney Laws, Nathan Hughes and Chris Robshaw is an extraordinarily physical back row. (laughs) I mean, that is like three massive blokes who hit like trains against John Barkley, who is not... is a very small six, Hamish Watson, who is a very small seven... And Ryan Wilson, who I'm not entirely convinced is a number eight, full stop. It's me and you could, could fall go... out if this Hamish Watson talk continues. By the way, the Mish is great, but he's not punches a big above player. his weight. Yeah, he definitely runs does. his weight and then some. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's. I just think Robshaw, Laws, and Hughes, for all of they they might well get over the ball better, but I, like you say, I'm I not think sure they're going to get yeah. fucking smashed off it. And it makes me sad saying this because I'd genuinely be delighted if England lost on the weekend. <laughs> Not so much the Scotland one. I'd be delighted if England lost. However, I just can't. What a healthy outlook on life that is, Josh. Yes, yes that's all we've got left. Um, it's just, yeah, I I just can't see it. The worrying I thing for Scotland, if, if things don't go the way they want them, if they don't get a, any penetration in the first sort of 10 minutes, they're then going to, yeah. Russell's then going to start doing these daft chip kicks and stuff like that. Mm. And Gusta's defence has got no fucking problem with that at all. Not um, at all. And then it could it could get nasty and, and messy, and nobody wants that in terms no. of the score, I mean. so I would hope it would be, you know, who have they got off the... They've got David Denton. I, I don't understand why they haven't The new David. power man bun David Denton. <laughs> yeah, because fair play to him. He was fucking brilliant off the bench, and maybe they see it as a sort of... I think he's better you know, coming he's, on against people. He's a better bit coming tidy, on, yeah. but like you looked at the uh, Ryan Wilson's done very little 
to merit starting. And at least David Denton did something. I mean, even if he was shit, he was brilliant for 40 minutes and then went to shit, you can at least take him off. Mm. You know, it's... So having said all of that... Yeah. What do we think the score may be? What Um, do you think the score may be? I'm going to say say England by 12. I think, yeah, England by 10. Somewhere similar around there. It could easily be England by more. I don't think. I think the first twenty minutes will. Well, see, I say that. In a way, it'll either be the first twenty minutes that decides it, last twenty minutes, because England do manage to. People always say they they end up with flattering scores, but actually, if your game plan is to score lots of tries in the last twenty minutes, then it's not flattering, is it? Pretty good, pretty good game plan. Pretty decent game plan. So you know, do you know what I mean? It's like it always say, "Oh well, it was it was close for an hour." So yeah, but the game lasts for eighty minutes, doesn't it? And that's why they spend. That's what the All Blacks do. They spend sixty minutes soaking up everything you've got, and then they batter you. It's a good habit to get into. Although, did you notice that England's team sheet release listed the bench as substitutes, not finishers, this week? Sometimes it does. uh, Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, advantage Scotland. Yeah, so maybe they don't plan to got finish anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we think England. Sorry, Scotland fans. Yeah. I was hopeful pre-tournament, more hopeful than you were, Josh. Yeah. And but then having seen the way England have eased their way into this and come to quite a tough test against, and the way Scotland, even though they beat France, it was a very good win, and I enjoyed the game. There wasn't much to suggest that it's uh, this is on the cards. No, so that's uh, that's that they, one. Scotland have a bad habit of being very good at home in the years where they don't have to play England at home and mm. then going to shit in the years where they do, which is why they haven't beaten them for 10 one years. One thing's for certain, I don't think it'll be like the last Scotland-England game at home, which was, what, 15-6, <coughs> was it? Something a miserable fucking game. Yeah, no, I, I think, think it'll, it'll be, be better, better game than, that. than that. So there we go, we think England... And I think they might score a try. Because what was the last time they scored a try against England at Murrayfield? Is it 2004? Yeah, so, so it's like reported. That. Simon Danielli. <sighs> fucking hell. So there There's go. a name I haven't heard since. Uh, yes. So uh, I think maybe Scotland will score a few tries at least. But yeah. That it's... was the end of Scotland, England. That's what we think. Scotland fans must be feeling super pumped up right now. <laughs> pumped. Yeah. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Right, so let's move on to Ireland versus Wales. I'm going to be super pumped up right now. Uh, I genuinely think this is quite a hard one to call. As Na- as it's... Natalie and Bruglia once said, <laughs> oh, bloody hell, I'm torn, or something like that. 
Uh, yeah, I believe that is the original lyric. Yeah. Um, Patchel out completely gone. Yeah. Do one. Fair. It's... What? Fair. Was that fair? Yeah. Patchel being yeah. flirted in such a in such a way. Yes. It's it's. He fucked himself, really, didn't he? He didn't like seize the... his chance, is the diplomatic way of putting it, isn't it? He no, got well... given a good a little run of games. Two games to, to say, look, yeah, you he deserve had, to be and then he didn't. He had one excellent game and one absolutely fucking shocking game. So, on that evidence, it's hard to argue bringing back a fly-up half with 60 cap, caps who went on the Lions <laughs> tour last year, is it really? Is it a bit harsh as he out of the 22? Maybe, but again, but Anscombe it, showed... Anscombe showed ha- enough, didn't he, moving between two positions that he's probably worth yeah, a bench spot and- for cover. And also, like, if Patchell is cut out to be a long-term Wales option at fly-off, which I genuinely think he is, then he, you know, needs to look to take that on the chin a little bit. It's like he's 24. His career is not over here at no, all. No, indeed. It's... And there's also the know. assumption that because Big is coming back in, that kind of reasonable game that's been being played is all over now. That's not fair either. It's just you know, biggest capable of playing whichever comes. game you want him to play, I think. Yeah. He's a talented he played, lad. He played a lot flatter on the Lions tour than he usually does for Wales. You know, he he's not a natural passer of the ball. I just it's Welsh fans often grind my gears, but they've particularly ground my gears this week with all of this, you know, revisionist history vis a vis everyone. <laughs> You know, Wales are going to be shit because Dan Bigger's playing. Well, Dan Bigger's got 60 caps and Wales have played quite well at times, including, yes. let's not forget, the one that everybody gets frothy about whenever they talk about recent Wales performances, 33 against England, yes. who was at 10 that day. Dan fucking Bigger. It's... Ah. <clears throat> and he, he might be shit. He hasn't played rugby in like five weeks. He might be rusty as hell. He's but very think... rarely shit, though. That's the thing. No, he might not thing. be what you want him to be, but actually, it, there's something about a set, you know. It's it sounds reductive to say, oh, he's, he's a safe pair of hands. <laughs> and it, it's damning him with fake praise. It's not. It's that actually, even on his worst days, he's not going to completely knack the team, is he? That's the thing. And like, I, I honestly, I was thinking this week, but like, Dan Bigger reminds me. The, the way people talk about Dan Bigger reminds me of the way that. People used to talk about Stephen Jones before he retired. Now, when people talk about Stephen Jones and uh, mm. when they're talking about him being a new Wales attack coach, they think, oh, what a player in his day. What a fantastic <laughs> player for Wales. At the time, everybody said he was shit because all he did was kick the leather off it. And they wanted James Hook to play 10 because he was much more creative. You know what? Wales won a fucking Grand Slam with Stephen Jones at 10. I just remember and- Stephen Jones's uh, place-kicking style. Yes. where he kind of walk up like the hunchback <clears throat> and then just punt it like almost like toe yeah, bung it and then sm- just turn absolutely around absolutely smash it no I, no I, class whatsoever yeah, there was no uh, it was the most unnatural goal kicking <laughs> actions of all time but it was effective oh god and, it was yeah and Wales played very well with him at 10 and he played very well at 10 and he scored a fucking bag load of points for Wales and won loads of games for Wales but at the time people were saying he was shit because he wasn't Barry John enough Effectively, well, that's been the argument ever since Barry John retired. Exactly, basically. and it's exactly when Dan Bigger retires, people will. Neil talk Jenkins about had almost like a half a chapter in his in his biography moaning about the about Welsh how, attitude yeah. to dump to the number ten, yeah. and how he basically yeah. was never treated fairly because of it. 
No, and and Stephen Jones is exactly the same, and Dan Bigger is now exactly the same. People will appreciate Dan Bigger when he's not playing for Wales anymore, and they realise that you know what, he was the ultimate fly half safe pair of hands in that he rarely made a mistake, he rarely did anything wrong, and he did win quite a lot of games for Wales through his just being vet. Can you imagine if Wales had had Dan Bigger a fortnight ago at Twickenham? Oh yeah, it would have been a completely different game. Absolutely. Totally different game. And that's what he offered, like you say. In a good way. Yeah, <laughs> I stress. He might, he might not have been, he might not be the most showy fly-off in the world. And Wales might look more exciting with somebody else playing 10. But you know what? They rarely look shit with, like they rarely look like they're going to lose games, uh, close games with him at 10. You know, sometimes they do, but it's not because I of him. I think it looks like a pretty damn good team to me. I think Halfpenny coming back in, Liam Williams coming back in, bigger solid yeah. coming back in, solid. North on the bench. I don't it's, see what the problem is. It's basically the cavalry, isn't it? You know, and Ireland have got their um, own problems. Yeah, having bigger Williams and Halfpenny back is massive. The problem is that, particularly in the case of Liam Williams and Dan Bigger, they haven't played a lot of rugby recently. Uh, and whether I don't think that matters with Liam Williams. Well, I hope it doesn't matter with Liam Williams. He, he was good for Saracens last weekend in his first appearance back, but that is the first time he's played since the autumn. And, yeah, I, I hope he's not rusty, but they'll certainly... One thing's for sure, they're not going to be nearly as fucking shambolic under the high ball as they were <laughs> That's true. two weeks ago. So, and they'll actually be stood any... in the correct position, the back five. People say, is it yeah. harsh on Josh Adams? No, because for everything that you said <clears throat> last week... Yeah, you know he has played like twenty games of senior rugby. Plus, and Lee Halfpenny and Liam Williams will not be caught so far out of position. No, it's, 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 can you, is anyone shocked that Warren Gatland saw us conceding two tries due to horrendous <laughs> positioning of the back three to just go damn bigger Liam Williams and Lee Halfpenny? Then yeah, <laughs> that sounds fine. Like, yeah, because and also we're playing against you know arguably one of the best kicking ten in Europe. Yes, and a vet, and one of the best kicking nines in the world, and a and rock well. solid, and one of the best fullbacks under the high ball in the world. So yeah, it's yeah, it's Ireland. No Henshaw, no Furlong, no Henderson is a big loss. I, I like think. Chris Farrell. I like Chris Farrell a lot too. I, I I honestly think that for all of the sort of boohooing that's going on in Ireland at the moment about the players that they've lost. And they have undoubtedly lost important players. I think Furlong's a bigger loss than, than Henshaw. Yeah. I mean, Bundyaki's arguably at international level suits 12 better anyway because mm-hmm. he's the big lad and the battering ram yeah. and they could do have done with a bit more pace on the outside, I feel, and Farrell will bring that. And he's got that nice um, offloading game as well. He has got a nice offloading game. And, and yeah, Henshaw, it brings back... The Count Devin Toner into the starting lineup, which can't be a bad thing. Surely. Which we, you know, everyone respects that, don't they? Everyone wants to see <laughs> yeah. a bit of that. The newly chrome-domed Devin Toner, the screaming skull Devin Toner. <laughs> but yeah, you know they'll miss they'll miss Henderson's work rate without a doubt. Um, but yeah, as you say, Furlong is the one. It's he's been such a big part of Ireland being very good in the last year yeah. or two. And Andrew you know. Porter's played about one and a half games, hasn't he? In his whole mm. career, wasn't he? Yeah. But I still think they've got the best nine and ten in the Six Nations. Which goes a long way. It goes a bloody long and way. And they've got it, you know, and they've still got 
a decent squad. They've got a decent got a back very row. Good, they've got a very they've good They've got back Jack row. Conan on the bench, Jack McGrath yeah. to come on. They've they Ireland have got depth that I don't think even they realised they had about eighteen months ago. But they've got ridiculous depth. I think they'll be in a better place forwards. for this happening this week. Yeah. Well, sounds ridiculous, when, but... Was it two years ago where they had the it was that ridiculous in where they basically had no back rowers left? Which is when CJ Stander got his first cap because everyone yeah, was injured. True, yeah. And they were basically giving Ireland no hope in hell because they had about six players missing of uh of beating Wales in Dublin and they clung on for a very creditable draw and then very nearly and gave England a big scare at Twickenham and all sorts. And that was kind of where all this strength and depth that they currently have came from. And I I don't see it being any different on the weekend, to be honest. Like Ireland are fine. They've got loads of good players. They've probably got more good players than they've ever had. And yeah, Wales, it's going to be a tight game, obviously, because they usually are. Well, it's hard to know what Ireland are actually playing like. Because Italy, Mm. forget about it. Well, yeah. You know, so... They were were all right in the first game against Mm. France, but... It was again France, you know, a mess really. Yeah, who knows really what's going to happen. One for Teddy like, Tomo, what would you know about with France? It's just you know. No, and so yeah, it's, it's hard to know where England, uh, where Ireland are, and it's kind of hard to know where Wales are. I feel like they're getting better, but they. Honestly, on what are. I've seen in those first two games, I think Wales are in a better position, especially with the personnel they've had coming back. Yeah, maybe, but it's it's it's. I got it's, a maybe out of Josh, everybody. It's, yeah, it's, I, I can't. I honestly of, can't say that we haven't had a um, from a, a building for the future like thing. It feels like Wales, has, Ireland have kind of done their moving forward in an extent to an extent, hmm. and they're kind of stalling a little bit at the moment. Whereas Wales kind of are in the process. I hope, I fucking pray anyway, that of taking a, a leap forward in the way that their game plan is and the way that they're. You know, depth is and all that good stuff. I think um, I think Hadley Parks will fancy Bundyaki. I think he'll fancy being able to move him around a bit and do what he wants with him. Well, at the end of the day, the, this is the kind of the reason that people have been asking why sort of Ireland Wales has become so bad tempered over the years. And I, I think uh, Rob Carney, when he's interviewed, just suggested it's sort of like mini a mini derby in a way mm. because all of these players yeah, play each other play so every week, often. Don't they? Yeah. That like there's you know they know each other very well and so it, it adds a bit of a weird sort of an edge that wasn't there ten years ago because they're all playing each other every week and they they're developing rivalries and they know the each other's habits very well because they play them twice a season at least and yeah Hadley Parks will know Bundyaki and Bundyaki will know Hadley Parks and Moriarty needs to stand up nobody big, can say that stuff. they love Moriarty more than me and you. Yes, this podcast. He is not. He's basically well, he's not... our. Him and Samson Lee are basically the kings of our <laughs> castle. Absolutely. But he needs to show a bit more of himself this week. I think definitely. You know, he's he's had the excuse in those first two games that he's barely played rugby since the Lions tour. But you know, they've had a fortnight to get ready for this game now. It's for well, you know, let's not beat around the bush here. It's perform on Saturday or. Tilly Biffalata will 100% be starting. Well, he'll be doing game. that anyway. But it's for he Moriarty almost certainly to... will, but at least, <laughs> at least let Gatlin make the de- make him make the decision. Yeah, make know? it hard for him, Ross. Yeah. Not in that Whereas, way. No, no. <laughs> well, you know. But <laughs> What yeah, do we no. think the score might be? Um, 
I think it'll be something. I, I got. I, I just don't see either side scoring many tries because it's Sean Edwards' defence against uh, Andy Farrell' defence. That's which, true. I mean, it should basically just cause a massive crater in the middle of the Aviva Stadium. I think and two tries to Wales, one try to Ireland. Wales win really? by <clears throat> five. I'm see, going out I, there. I'm going out there. I reckon Ireland by three. And I don't. I reckon there might be one try in that game. Mm. And if I were to if I were to have a flutter, I would say it would be a Connor Murray textbook snipe. And I think it'll be else, a Samson Lee else running around the first receiver pivot smash over the line. I mean, obviously I would love that. <laughs> so, it's never happened, but obviously all, all I'd ask of Wales is can you make it at least interesting to the second half? Because I've worked commitments, the only likelihood of any rugby meet seeing from my point of view this weekend is probably the second half of the Wales game so if Live they can just rugby. make that you can obviously catch yes. up, can't oh yeah I will be catching up but if they can just make that second half really good and entertaining that would be really helpful for me so yeah so there you go mixed opinions here what do you think mm. out there um, right then shall we talk last week um, are BT we going to talk France Italy then in a minute oh sorry my bad Last week, uh, BT Sport went to the AJ Bell Stadium. Oh, did they now? For the game. Oh, and just... a certain Mr. Jim Mallander was in attendance. See, I just assumed they went to the... the for the stadium, atmosphere. Purely for the atmosphere. and <laughs> to just soak for it a up. Day, just for a day trip, to <laughs> yeah. be honest. There wasn't even a game on. Anyway, I don't live far from Sale, as you know, so I nipped over. Good. So have a look. And I was in the players' lounge afterwards, and I came out of the toilet, which is in this like, little corridor thing. Yeah. And Jim Mallander was in the corridor. Chatting to one of these waiters. As you do. Yeah, and he was saying, I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry to bother you, but I'm desperately trying to find some custard creams. He said, because the food on the buffet is a bit too rich for me. And and actually, it's it's meat and gravy, and I'm afraid of gravy after Dorian, just for a bit of a laugh, poured a jug of it over my head in front of everyone at the end of season dinner, because he's such a laugh like that, Dorian, he said. At which point, so the guy said, I'm not sure we've got any custard creams. At which point, Hugo Monnier arrives on a skateboard. Right. With a big pair of headphones on. Beats or something. Obvious, obviously. Jim says, oh, Hugo, I'm so glad that you're here. Do you, do you know if there's any custard creams around? Hugo says, the only thing I'm interested in, my friend, is party biscuits, because my life's one big party, yeah? Whoop, whoop, Harlequins. Whoop, whoop. Because that's what he's like. <laughs> it's like he's in the room. It's like he's in the room, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and, um... Dimes then walks in. Oh, and, you'd, and, says, and you'd hope he'd have a bit of respect for Malinder, wouldn't you? You you'd know, think so like with the history legend. and all that. Yeah, yeah. Says, so he walks in. He says, "He says, what are you two doing here?" He says, <laughs> "Jim says I'm looking for some custard creams, if you wouldn't mind, uh, uh, Steve. You know, given our history and everything, could you find some?" And he says, "I won't fucking tolerate custard creams in this stadium." He says. Josh Charlie's always asking for fucking custard creams. That's why he's dropped most of the time and he's going back to fucking rugby league. He says, all I'm having here is malted milk and some obscure Russian biscuit that everyone apart from me thinks is minging. But I keep it anyway, because fuck all of them. Because you know what he's like. Well, I can't wait. I hope he hears this podcast now because <laughs> that will be two rugby podcasts officially banned from self <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, continue. Jim then says, oh, could you please all just stop shouting? Your voices are very, very loud. Monnier says, I'm not shouting, my mate. It's forceful banter, innit, my brethren? Whoop, whoop, Harlequins. Whoop, whoop. 
Dime says, no fucker tells me what to do in my own club. And Jim says, is there a safe space I can go to? Because he says, you and Hugo says, the only safe space I know is the discotheque. Whoop, whoop, Harlequins. Um, <laughs> Dime says, no wonder Dorian walks all over you at Northampton, Jim. You're a fucking disgrace. And he walks off. Jim then says, oh, I'm just going to phone Harry because I'm feeling terribly distressed. He, pho- he phones, he goes, oh, it's engaged. He, he must be on the phone to some, somebody else. At which point, Dimes walks past again, phone to his ear, and says, yeah, yeah, no wonder you don't answer the fucking phone to him. All he does is bang on about homes under the hammer and custard bastard creams. And then they all walked off, and I was left like hiding around the corner. And I thought, you know, he was obviously on the phone to Harry when he dimes. I mean, that's a obviously, cruel thing. Well, I mean, it, it, let's be honest, Northampton's not the most attractive place to be right now. And if Sale know one thing, it's how to pounce on weakness. <laughs> If Diamond just senses weak, that's why he went in on Manda like that. Obviously, he did. Yeah, I mean, you just can't tolerate weakness. You can't. It literally disgusts him. He can't be yeah. in his presence. Yeah. So anyway, then you going off on his skateboard. They all went. I went home. Yeah, yeah you well, gotta feel sorry. I mean, I hope he gets treated better in Cardiff. Honestly. Yeah, I'm more. Impl- I'm impressed that Monier manages to sort of suppress this weird vocal tick that he obviously has whenever he's doing commentary, you know? Well, uh, I mean, just, the Harlequins well, bit does come out a lot, but the whoop whoop, not so I much. I think he's, so. he gets the, he can express his full excitement through his commentary when That's he's doing the thing, that. Of course, he's got to let it out once he's, you know, yeah. he, he lets a little bit out, but then when he comes off, he's just so excited about everything. Yeah, everything is like, absolutely brilliant, isn't it's it? It's like letting a pressure valve off, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, of course it I is. I mean, when you love yeah. everything as much as Hugo does, especially Harlequins, yes. you've just got to yes. shout the joy of it out, haven't you? Yeah, Harlequins and Adidas loves those things. Yeah, so we can talk about France versus Italy now. <laughs> I mean, we could. We could do that. I mean... Do you want a story about Bastero or something? <laughs> what do you mean a story? Those things are... Oh, sorry, yeah. I mean, happened. do you want me to go yeah. somewhere when I see Matthew Bastero doing something? Yes. That's truthfully. Yes, that's exactly... I want you to get on, on a plane to France, go down to Marseille. To be honest with you, this sounds lovely. Can I do it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> instead of go- yeah. Instead of going to the new Bingley Hall in Birmingham this weekend, can I just go to fucking Marseille? I bet Stuart that Lancaster would fucking commute to Marseille, wouldn't he? Yeah, damn right he would. Right then, France, France, versus, flight. <laughs> France, yeah, versus, France Italy. versus Italy. The about, madness about, continues with yeah, France about which The most interesting thing about France versus Italy is that it's in fucking Marseille, which is a nice thing. And half the squad have been dropped for questionable um, well, sexual yeah, antics. Yeah, since we last spoke, yes, the entire fucking French team is basically now just... Including cool. the only bloke who's actually done anything it half decent. like anywhere. Like, it's just, even by France's usual standards of being an abject shambles, <laughs> constant disarray this and is, discord, it's so bad. this is pretty special, it's isn't so it? It's so bad that the bench contains Francois Tranduc and Gail Ficou. Yeah, <laughs> those Which, pe- they were saved as a French rugby at least three times at yeah. some point. Yeah, they've already saved and been discarded by France <laughs> at least four times. So, I mean, it's just remarkable, isn't it? Like, it's glorious. Absolutely I mean, maybe glorious. maybe in in a few years' time we'll look back on this as like the the troubled birth of the glorious. This was this was rock Brunel bottom era. <laughs> I was looking through a thing the other day. I remember, I was. I was gleefully reminding myself that 
eight years ago this weekend was uh, the weekend where Wales played France in the Six Nations and started Daniel Jones at lock. Those were the days, if, weren't they? The, if you want to say the good, if you old, want a tale of no depth. Yeah, some pe- some people have some people have accused me this weekend of saying that Wales by basically saying that oh, haven't Wales got better depth now? I'm basically giving Gatland credit for something that he hasn't been responsible for. But uh, did you miss the part where we had to start Daniel Jones in a fucking Six Nations game? Because that's the bigger point there. Amazing. Whoever's responsible for it. Let's just say Wales have got a lot more players than they had who are of acceptable standard. But ladies and gentlemen, you were here this week, by the way, when you heard Josh say maybe when I said they might be to Ireland, and he's admitted they're in a better place than they were when they played thirty-two-year-old Daniel Jones. I know that's not a big. I know that's not like like a. We might. We might be Ireland. We probably. (laughs) I don't think we will. Let's, let's no, just, I'm let's not going. Just... Never mind the detail, Josh. Let's just yeah. get. Let's embrace the emotion while we've got it. Okay. Let's. Okay. Let's, okay. let's pick yeah, it up I and run with it. Just getting dicked by about thirty <laughs> points now that I've expressed <laughs> the tiniest bit of optimism. Yeah. But Me- anyway, meanwhile, back, back in Marseille, yeah, yeah the, back, um... back on the Daniel Jones game was France beating Wales in Cardiff, twenty-two twelve or whatever it was, <laughs> on the way to their last Grand Slam. Of course. Yeah, and the last time they sh- it's not just the fact that they they kind of went from Grand Slam to absolutely to absolute zero competence bobbins. in about three weeks. It's remarkable. It was amazing. Isn't it? it was like England after they won the World Cup. Well, like, we're the best team in the world. Oh shit, we're now crap for the next ten well, years. Let's not forget that. Yeah, well, let's not forget that France made it to the Rugby World Cup in two thousand and eleven. Yes, that's the thing that happened. That that was that was, and then shag- four years later they lost by sixty points. Yeah, that was, New shanked, that, that was a shanked what was Francois Tranduc, wasn't it? Uh, our was. favourite penalty away. I really like Francois Tranduc. Me I too. Think it's not, none of this is his fault. No, but like... <laughs> He's a victim like everybody else, you know. Yeah, if he'd kicked that penalty, France would have been the fucking most baffling world champions <laughs> ever. Yeah. People would have and... been writing like... 8,000 word think pieces on it for years to come. It would have just, yeah, it would have been one of those bizarre artifacts, like, you know, fucking Leicester winning the league in football, not rugby, obviously. Yeah. Or, you know, just well, one that, of these that things. That would be just, weird now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> equally weird if Leicester Tigers won the league. But, yeah, it's like O'Connor winning the league, you know, one of those things that just, how the fuck did that happen again? I don't, I don't remember. And, yeah, and yet here we, and that was 2011. Bastero's back, everyone. I know. Bastero is back. What more reductive nonsense do you need than putting I'm a man... assuming they're going to say to him, just run at Bonnie. <laughs> well, yeah. You don't even have to do it very fast. Just run at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what we've got here is the slowest centre matchup in the history of rugby union in the and modern about to come era. together, carrying the ball up now. <laughs> yep. Nearly there yeah. now, everyone. And, and uh, there you go. Bonnie's missed yeah, the tackle. Yeah. <laughs> and Bastard is for. I mean, and poor, poor little Minotti's coming scuttling over like a, yeah. like a little Duracell Bonnie. To sort He's it done out. three side steps and been smashed <laughs> in the backfield again. <laughs> Wasn't it delightful while He's it went? He just sidestepped into Vahamina throwing up because he's so unfit. <laughs> but, like, looking at Bastaro in training this week, like. He is not just fat anymore. <laughs> he's always been fat. He is fucking borderline morbidly obese. He's massive. He looks like those goalkeepers from football in the 20s. Yeah. He looks like he should yeah. be wearing a big flat cap and like big plus four trouser things. He's got a build that most props would now be embarrassed of. <laughs> and 
He's like Babe Ruth, but Babe Ruth played in a sport you didn't have to run <laughs> yeah, in. He literally didn't have to run. He solved he that problem the... by hitting the ball out and just walking around. Yeah. He hit a thing, he watched it, and then he took a leisurely stroll around the bases. Maybe that's the Matthew future. Bessler Maybe that's Brunel's grand that plan. <laughs> it's a brand new chip and chase plan. Just yeah. weather it as far as you can <laughs> and walk slowly after the ball. But no, it's it's it's... French rugby is fucking stupid. Part seven million nine hundred <laughs> chapter twenty seven thousand in an Jesus. ongoing baffling series. They are. It's so stupid. French rugby is so stupid, <laughs> and it really is. And they and yet they people are just giving them. I mean, like, to be honest, in a way, I admire real... Brunel for taking a stand on those like quite clear, like dodgy yeah, behaviour yeah. last week. He's going, no, I'm not yeah. fucking having that. Yeah, let's, not have, let's not get into this mad shit again. Yes, but all he's done is just go. Well, all of you who were clearly not good enough to play for France last year, and who I clearly decided were not good enough to be part of my glorious new regime, come and play for France. <laughs> How do you think that that's going to go? They're going to be fucking motivated, aren't they? It's I, people keep. Oh, I Have Italy got a like, chance here? Because Italy, while they've yeah. been not, they, you know what I mean. They've not been brilliant, but I think this could be an uber shambles. If they remember how to defend, Le like, Grand Chambre. Yeah, if they remember how to defend, like even ten percent <laughs> of what they were defending, like last year, I think they could win that game because they've got they've shown the ability to score tries in the second half of games. Mm-hmm. This Six Nations. If they could just not shit the bed for the first half hour, yeah, they could win that game. France will literally, they, France, France will all be like throwing up and on oxygen by yeah. by minute seventy. So you know you've and got also, a good chance. Yeah, and let's not beat around the bush here. Like none of the players who are basically none of the players who are take, are in the back line were supposed to be part of the team at the start. He's already like behind the eight ball having had no co- having got no full-time coaches and having had about 15 minutes with the players before the Six Nations. And he's probably spent all and of the, the last two weeks dealing with human resources. Yeah. And so yeah, he's had to, he's had to be in a lot of meetings. He's had to yeah. explain a lot to a lot of you know young men the minutiae of the HR contract that they have signed. And it's it, you know, it, it's just the most unid. He's had two weeks of basically going, "Have you met <laughs> to his entire fucking backline?" And just... Matthew, for God's sake, put that eclair down and come and meet your centre partner, yeah. will you? It's, it's it's like it's rugby via the like missed connections column in a newspaper, isn't it? It's like it's <laughs> soulmates. Yeah, would like to meet. Moderately competent fly half who <laughs> saw you on the number nine bus. You looked like you probably put carrying more. Cuddly centre yeah. likes a glass of wine or two. Would love to meet. <laughs> Would love to meet lad to do all the fucking running for him. Would love to meet lad to pass me things and make my world. <laughs> and in the middle, midst of it all, poor fucking Guillem Garazzo. <laughs> yeah, just stood there who being the competent one in the middle of it all. He is basically what's his face, John Cusack, with the fucking stereo <laughs> in the air. Say anything, just, yeah. Please, just please, just love me. All of I just want a team around me for more than ten minutes. Can you all stop being so fucking shambles? Yeah, so actually, everybody, shit. while you go about your weekend enjoying yourself, just think yeah. about Game Guardo for a minute, yeah. will you? He's, he's got to somehow to knit through. this together. He's got to knit this together into yeah. something that doesn't look like a shambolic scarf created by a load of mad monkeys. 
Yeah. And also, I've brought Benjamin Fall into my fantasy team. So I haven't even looked at it. There is a fantasy league, everyone. You know that. Yeah. I haven't even looked at it. I need to look at it tomorrow. He literally is going to probably last about six minutes and get injured now. So, uh, <laughs> and he looks like the only player who's capable. Of, they haven't even picked like. Oh, what's Bakatawa doing? Is he dropped as well? Is was he, he one? Of, he was one of the gang, was he? Was he? Well, I didn't think he was, but he's not he's playing. Just this flirted weekend. anyway, is he? Jesus, it's just so mad. It just. <laughs> It's hard not to just get quite angry about it. Imagine like, the teammates of Kyle did bring him in. Listen, lads, we're just fucking writing this season off. <laughs> yeah. All right? Well, so basically, can... I'm running a Tom Bowler to pick the team this week. <laughs> get out there and do the best you can. I'll see you next week. Well, it's walking into the team meeting and going, hello, I'm your coach, Jack Brunel, and uh, this weekend we'll be playing Italy. Um, the man to your right and the man to your left. <laughs> if you've got any questions, I'll be in my office playing black backgammon with myself. <laughs> Ask one of the others if you can find them and they're not actually back at the clubs. Yes. I am available for words with friends, but nothing else. <laughs> so, having said all of that, I'd fuck it, Italy by seven. Why not? Um, I think that Italy are just too defensively shambolic. I think France will basically... But they'll win by about four. <laughs> it will be. It's, a stup- it's a stupid number to win by. I rugby, get a feeling so there's going to be four. a spectacular, like literally you will need a scientific calculator number of handling errors in this game. That's oh, my, my prediction. God, yes. I also think that... Sergio's going to look increasingly angry as the game yeah, goes on. It will be just, fuck it, I will run it from underneath my own posts. I'll do it level, I'll do it myself. But I just want to see my Nazi run at Bastero. Just, just give him the ball yeah. and run at him. See what happens. That's what happened. I want, I want to see Matthew Bastro trying to defend the thirteenth channel, thirteen channel against uh, coming in into the line Minotzi. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. Just, just, oh, it'd be delightful, wouldn't it? Just this twinkle-toed little guy just getting. And there absorbed. goes Minotzi. Bastro didn't have time to put down his pie. <laughs> well, what probably happened is that just Bastro will just reach out. And just absorb him into himself, <laughs> and and sort of like a, a like a sort of amoeba, he'll just become a slightly larger Matthew Bastero, but with a, a weird sidestep all of a sudden. So oh. there you go, international rugby, everyone. I feel like I've like, ang- I've got anger. I've had all my fun about this now. The game's yeah. gonna be shit tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, but also it's like I feel like I've got more angry about France than I have about <laughs> Wales. It Which truly is a, is a brave new world, isn't it? They were it entering. is, isn't it? It's like I, I can live with like mediocre competency, which is basically Wales' stock in trade. But it's it's willful insanity that just both <laughs> delights and frustrates me in equal measure. What a world we're living in! Teachers are probably going to be armed, and Josh yes. is now saying that Wales they might do okay. <laughs> I don't know what just... which one's more mad. I mean, I think they should probably arm Jack Brunel. That might be the only way to keep order. <laughs> he looks like a guy who would be stood like <laughs> with a with a Kalashnikov in his hand, firing it at the ceiling, trying to give get him, get him to calm down. Massive, massive, Tell me that wouldn't work as a motivational technique. I mean, they've tried everything else. <laughs> bam, bam. Are you finished now? You're gonna fucking listen to me? Yeah. And I mean, it's not like France have got a great white. Do you know who's captain of um, the French under twenty side? Isn't it Dan Brennan? 
Yes. Yeah. Trevor Brennan's son is the great white hope of restrained leadership. I hope he hasn't got his dad's composure. I was going to say, is he reasonable? Is is he is he got his dad's? Has he got, he's, has he gone the Ross Moriarty dad inheritance route? Fucking hope so. So Dan, you'll be here to bring some composure and leadership to this team. I'll fucking kill you now. <laughs> Unless somebody shouts in the crowd that they don't like my dad's bar, at which yeah, point I'll go into the crowd and panel them like my dad fucked. did that time. <laughs> Oh, right, I think that must oh, bring us to an end. I think it must. I feel like I've sort of had... Ew, God, I'm worn out. <laughs> no. Thank you all for your patience. Thank you for listening. Um, we'll see you on the other side. Um, hope your fantasy league goes well this week. Superbrew.com. Have a Indeed. look. Indeed. And we'll see you all soon. Take care, bye. Yes, see you Monday. Sports Social Podcast Network. Every day, we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.